return live from TED Active 2010. And we have joining us Anwar. Anwar, what brings you to TED Active 2010? Wow. Thank you for hosting me here. You are welcome. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad to be here. I'm, uh, I'm a volunteer translator. I translate from English into Arabic. First, I'm, my name is Anwar Dafalla. I'm from Sudan. And I live in South Korea. And I do translate into Arabic. That's a very interesting set of lines on the map. Yes. <laughs> so speaks English, Arabic, and Korean. Yeah. I translated uh, 170 talks for TED in six uh, months. And then uh, that's why, you know, they, they invited me to, to be here. Actually, so, I'm so amazed, you know, about the massive, the massive energy here in TED Active 2010. We were asking the gentleman who was here before you, Todd, who do you think you know, would be a good candidate? And he said, I have just the person. You embody that energy yourself. Um, which makes people, we noticed you the very first day, you were standing in front of everyone, that that didn't hurt. Thank you. The translations that you and others are doing, so you will take existing TED Talks and provide subtitles in yes. different languages, is that how you're, you're yes. working with them? Right. And you've done 110, you said? 170. 170. That, that makes me close. the most active translator as an individual. On the video side of yeah, things. Yeah, the, the, other, the other two most active translators are group of people. Mm -hmm. So I'm a... You are individual. Yeah, individual, yeah. Solo. No. <laughs> he can do it. Yeah, yes he can. Absolutely. <laughs> you can stay. Yeah. The translation program we had during the TED U section, uh, one of the translators who helped develop the system give a talk Yes. about how it streamlined and tried to improve the system for getting content through because there are quite a few TED Talks and more being created all the time with the addition of TEDx yes. and all the submissions from the fellows. Yes. I suspect you will be busy for the foreseeable future. Yeah, sure, sure. Today I, I, I you know, I, I volunteered to translate all the TEDU session this morning. Very good. As soon as they become available online. Yeah. That's one of the most asked questions around this, this place today is, when do the videos go up? When do the videos go up? Yes, right, right. And they want me, to share uh, it with everyone. A, yeah, me as a translator, I, you know, my first question, when the subtitle... When can I translate? Become, yeah, that's, that's it, that's it. I have entire nations waiting for my work. Yes, right, right. You know, I translate for 220 million uh, Arabic native speakers. Does that feel to you as a burden of responsibility or does it feel to you as something a little more joyous because I suspect you know it's a multi-dimensional thing that I couldn't explain myself you know in a, the previous interview for why do I translate you know I could um, I could count around five to six reasons that's why I'm engaged in the translation project but uh, it's, it's more a lot more than that I cannot imagine you know sometimes you get a message of thank you for doing this in Arabic. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're helping me in, on my PhD hypothesis. I, you know, it's amazing, just amazing. It sounds like it would have tremendous potential to make you feel fulfilled. Yeah. So I, I've, you know, I only speak English, so I don't appreciate the translations. Do they actually list credits saying who the translator and the verifiers were? Do, how, do, how do people know uh, your involvement? Yeah, the... They, they made it clearly in TED website that we are not going to pay someone or whatever, it's a volunteer, merely volunteer work. 
but they put our name when you 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 know you choose the your language mm -hmm. of subtitling then you your name is there and they the brought to you name. by yeah so they yeah. know how to contact you. yeah they, they have they have also you know the rank the list rank for the the most the four most active translators right yeah you're, and sounds like you're very often up there yeah. usually number one <laughs> yes i've been there with the, the four months yeah something definitely to be proud of i yeah. would say yeah 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 I'm, i'm i'm so proud to be here as a sudanese mm -hmm. as a guy from arabic ethnic background mm -hmm. that's promote the tolerance and the peace between you know the mutual respect between each other I would say, from my perspective, that is a very important mission. Thank you. And I wish you nothing but success on it. Thank you very much. Now I'm going to ambush you with uh, the questionnaire that I've stolen from a television presenter in the United States, but that I like very much and have been inflicting upon people. Uh, Anwar, what is your favorite word in any language? I love you. What is your least favorite word? I hate you. What is your favorite sound or noise? That's a wonderful sound. What is your least favorite sound or noise? No! What is your favorite curse word or swear word in any language? Wallah. What job other than your own would you like to attempt? Art. You like to be an actor? Art. Art. Yeah, Paint, uh, whatever, you know, makes something good for others. Very good. And finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I will give you more energy to continue your work. Anwar, thank you very much for spending your time with us today. Thank you. Thank you. And we continue live from TED Active 2010 in Palm Springs, California. TED Hester, Gnomewise, and we are joined by Kent Lewis. Kent, what brings you to TED Active 2010? Hey, Todd. Um, I'm actually running a TEDx event in Lexington, and uh, we kind of started off and just thought we'd be have probably about 50 or 60 people and end up being uh, over 100. So, therefore, I have to attend a TED event to make it over 100. I see. That is one of the prereqs. It is a prereq. And since your your arm was twisted and you were forced to come here, are you are you slavishly attending and hating every minute? It's been a horrible experience. Not um, actually, it's been great. Uh, it's been more than I ever expected. Uh, just everybody's just really nice. Just you know, it's been like nobody's looking for a job, basically. That is an interesting taboo I have observed here that soliciting business or You know, selling anything is not done and is and is extremely frowned upon. Well, you notice like when you go to conferences, like you look down at somebody's tag and really the first thing you see is their name and you look at what they do and what they're about and then you decide if you want to talk to them or not. Here, you don't see it. You look for the name, you say hi, how's it going, and then you ask them what they do. Well, the interesting thing about the way they design these tags is they don't tell, give us a spot to say what we do. But they give me a spot that says, talk to me about, and they make us list three things. Exactly. And strangely, one of mine said, internet radio. Go There figure. You go. So the subject before last was our first person who talked to us about TEDx at all, which was Todd. And very enthusiastically uh, related, uh, 
what TEDx is. How did you find out about TEDxL not having been to a TED before now? Well, what's really interesting is I started a um, in Lexington, I started um, an event called the Pachakicha or Pechakucha, as some call it. It's out of Tokyo, Japan. And um, I started, and I'm in my fourth event coming up for the year. And uh, it's really a six-minute, 20-by-20 presentation style. Allows you have six speakers on a stage in one night. Um, so what I did is we have a Creative City Summit actually coming to Lexington in April. And one of the guys there had mentioned, hey, you do the Pachagacha, well, the TED. And I knew about TED. Uh, there's a new way to do TED in your city. And I was like, really? And so, uh, you know, TEDx has just now in the last year or so, right, has just been developed. So, Oh, yes, explosively. Exactly. But the way they've been talking about it is they kind of threw the idea out there and would have been happy to get into the mid-20s or 30s with submissions, uh, pushing 300 later and growing like a weed. It seems to be definitely the happening place to be at TED Active this year. Yeah, it's it's been fantastic. And meeting, uh, I think, 76 other TEDxers are here and meeting up with all those guys and getting ideas. A lot of them are new. A lot of them have done it before. And it's been uh, really no, I, I'm I am inspired to return to my home base. And my personality type is, is I, I am more of an agent, so I will try and connect the people who I know want to do this kind of thing with the TED organization to see if it... It can happen because I know people there who are very active in local leadership and local gathering and wondering if they maybe want to take it to the next level. So I'm getting a lot of inspirational vibe from a vector that I never, ever expected because I didn't, I hadn't heard about TEDx until the very first day of the con. So does that mean you're going back to uh, Arizona? Arizona and starting TEDx? I think there's a TEDx Phoenix already. Then I may just attach myself to that. Or who says you only could have one per city? Oh, you there can are. have five people at your house and call it TEDx if you want. That's the beauty of it. And that may be where I start. Um, and maybe our TEDx will be TEDxing it and making it go out live just like this. Because the power of the intertubes. But that's a brainstorming session for another time. This is us asking Excellent. things about sure. you. <laughs> Tell us about the TEDx event that you are planning. Does it have a theme of any yeah, kind? Yeah, so um, our, our TEDx is really... Um, a little bit different. Uh, Kentucky's known for horses, bourbon, basketball, and the bluegrass. We've always had those same names, and so we're trying to create a little bit different vibe, saying there's more here. And so we're really working on, um, well, i tell you what I did. I, I created an event that brings people for the horse races, but at the same time can come to the TED. Ah, beat, so, switch, Friday beat, morning, switch in a good, good yeah. way. So Friday morning is going to be our normal. Sometimes it's on a weekend and sometimes during the whole day. Our Friday morning, April 23rd, is going to consist of starting about 9 o'clock in the morning and it's going to go from 9 to about 1230. And um, then after that, you can enjoy the rest of the day at the racetrack. And you might just get free tickets in the bag. Maybe. The door. See the strange. I think that's an idea worthy of stealing for the other TEDxers, really. Because not everybody's prepared to do a full day as their first TEDx. But you know, if you can combine it with something that um, has a shared allure, that's that's wicked, wicked smart, my girl would say. Well, I'm devious in a happy way. It is devious in a happy way. But I, you know, I wish I could say a couple of speakers. I'm still finalizing a couple. I do have one. Uh, one of the, not necessarily co-founders, but one of the top guys from Twitter coming to speak. and Excellent. Uh, working on some other people. In the uh, 
development of this whole internet radio station thing as it's evolved over the years, I've, I've gotten dragged kicking and screaming into the social media, and I found that Twitter in particular is a, is a wonderful tool for generating interest and organizing when we go on the air randomly like we do at an event like this, the ability to hop on and say, tune in now, we're doing something live when you don't have a pre-arranged schedule. Very handy. I tried subscribing to the TED Active Twitter feed and I had to turn it off because I was just being annihilated by the amount of information flowing out of it. Yeah. Um, so that, I, I would not mind you know, listening to that those. talk. Hmm? You're I'm one, one of those. those. Yeah, yeah, there's three of us that are annihilating the TED Active feed Oof. at the moment. In a happy way, again, I, my poor brand new phone couldn't handle it. It's like, ah, I'd be crushed. So, uh, I will now going to ambush you, as I was ambushing those before, with uh, the questionnaire that I've stolen from James Lipton, who stole it from Bernard Pivo. Yeah, top ten. Yes. Oh, but of course, not top ten list. Well, just I, the, the, I, know, I know the list. Every, everyone who yes. is aware of pop culture television sure. has heard bits of this, at least. So, uh, Kent, what is your favorite word? Favorite word? Um, happy. What is your least favorite word? Um, harsh. What is your favorite sound or noise? Um, I say people laughing. What is your least favorite sound or noise? Uh, somebody in dire pain. What is your favorite curse word? Fuck. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I think I would love to be a musician. And finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? That you have contributed to making people a better life, and I welcome you right in. Kent, thank you very much for spending your valuable time with us. Go forth and conquer. And we continue with our TED Active 2010 Man in the Crowd interviews. I'm going to hand off to my streaming radio virgin brother, Ted Hedster, starting now. Hello, Ted Hedster here, taking my first uh, moment to do an interview with my esteemed colleague as of this TED, 2000 TED, um, with Nicholas Weinberg. Nicholas is uh, part of the group that does the, uh, the production of TED. And uh, I just wanted to talk to him a little bit and find out about you know, what his reflections are about how this TED's gone and uh, you know, what he's liked about maybe uh, some of the uh, speakers and maybe some of the intercessions. So, Nicholas, tell me, you know, it, we're almost done. We've got one more session to go. What's, what's stuck in your mind as being something uh, memorable to you at this TED? I think the talks are always amazing. There's you know, very few that are poor. Um, but I think that it's really the community here. Uh, the people of TED Active who come here that really make it what it is. Uh, this is my first TED. Um, I am a TED virgin. Um, I don't know if I can say that. Uh, but uh, just seeing the energy, you can feel it. You can walk down the path and just talk to anyone. And, and, anyone is, and everyone is willing to talk to you. Yeah, the energy uh, is very palpable. Completely. Uh, it's truly an amazing thing that I wish existed outside of TED. Uh, but unfortunately, it doesn't. Um, but it's really just a magical place. Well, I wonder if it does. I mean, I know you've got a regular day job, and the conferences are definitely high points. 
you know, in the in the life of Ted. But you've got more connection to you know the Ted uh, staff and producers and some of their contractors. Does some of that spill over into the day to day life, or is it uh, is it you know relatively normal stuff? And and the the conferences are the biggies. The conferences are the biggies, but the office is exciting. You know, we're all a close knit group. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all get along, and uh, it's very relaxed. But I mean. Yeah, I think the companies are that big, you know, the excitement, but it's also the most stress uh, to be running around and, you know, making sure everything goes all right. Um, but, you know, we're kept busy during the year. Uh, the content producing takes a, a full year, and it's a roller coaster with that. Uh, people drop in, drop out, and we have to sit out and here and uh, wait for responses. But uh, I actually think the whole year is exciting. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't just say that the conferences are the most, you know, the best part. But uh, yeah, you, you mentioned stress. I, I understand what you talk about there. I mean, uh, lots of people have gone to lots of conferences, and things look like they run, you know, totally smoothly. But in the background, you know, there, there's a lot of last-minute stuff that kind of comes up it's that you kind of do. Oh, oh, crap! For example, um, myself and Gnomewise were handed something for the, the TED Wish. It was kind of last minute-ish, and we had to quickly throw something together, and it went off great. Um, but uh, uh, it, and it was definitely worthwhile. It was just um, uh, unscripted. Excellent, excellent point, uh, Noam Wise. But it looked really polished when we got it up on this on the screen for the presentation, which Completely was great. Completely unpolished, but that's the beauty of it. Yeah. everything happens last minute, and that's what makes it the conference. You just got to run and do it, and it gets done, and it looks great, and the audience enjoys it. And I think that's actually uh, one of the high points of TED. Yeah. It can happen like that. Yeah, yeah, it's very uh, it's like not organic, spontaneous, serendipitous, almost. It's natural. Yeah, it's very natural. Um, now you you you've made an observation that most people uh, that we've talked with have made the uh, made a similar observation that they, they love the talks dot dot dot, but they even more so love meeting with the, their the, you know the cohorts here and uh, making connections with people. I actually think that it's the meeting of the people that's the, the most important part to the attendees and that the talks are just almost conversation material. Yeah, yeah, fodder uh, for conversation. Yeah. Um, that everyone really wants to just meet each other because they're all here together. Um, and that the talks are great and we all love them, but it's really, you know, they're inspiring. But it's the, back, it's the background for us, the yeah. background material. Yeah, and there's kind of a, there are two different sites. There's Long Beach, which is the larger site, and then there's Pet Active at Palm Springs. And I'm sure they experience um, that similar kind of a situation. Um, but uh, I don't know, I feel like almost uh, Pet Active uh, has, has a nicer quality because you can count on a, a little bit of a, um, a celebrity factor at Long Beach. Yeah. Everybody knows that they're, you know, kind of famous and accomplished people there, and you know, that's naturally kind of attractive. Ted Active, you, that's not so reliable, and people still want to be here anyway. I think the celebrity status will always be there, but I think people here are all celebrities. I mean, it may be cheesy to say that, but everyone's got their own story, and they all do important things here. I met some really incredible people. Well, this whole audio diary thing is to capture some of those stories. And I bet you have already. Uh, everyone has their own unique story, their own background, and it's almost like a game to find out everyone's story. Yeah, they're, they're the, uh, the passion is obvious, and um, I don't know, it's infectious. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we were out in the desert last night at a party, and um, I just really enjoyed, quite honestly, 
the ride in on the bus with the person I was talking to and the ride out with the person I was sitting next to. It's just delightful. The, the pyrotechnics, the fireballs, the Jeep tours that felt like you were on Mars, you know. Yeah, I didn't get to do the Jeep tour, oh, but everybody said that they were great. Um, they had kind of like a natural gas kind of fireball generator. As soon as you got off the bus, that was a significant just emotional moment. Shooting fireballs right into the sky. Yeah. And all it took was just connecting a, a plug. Uh, and it was amazing. We had gold mining and BB gun shooting. And yeah, BB gun shooting. I realized I'm a terrible BB gun shot, but it was way fun. It was my first time, and uh, I had a great time. Yeah. Okay, well, at this point, I'm going to hand it uh, back to Gnomewise for the memorized questions that I can't recall in sequence for. You want me to go Lipton on him? We're going to go Lipton on you, Nicholas. The T? Not like the T, like the James. Uh, if you don't know, James Lipton is a uh, show host and does a, an interview program uh, called Inside the Actor's Studio. He has a... He's great... He has a questionnaire that he asks all of his guests that okay. he lifted from Bernard Pivot, who did talk shows in France for many decades. And I am shamelessly stealing it because it elicits interesting answers. Okay. So, Nicholas, what is your favorite word? Nick. What is your least favorite word? Oh, boy. Uh, is this like I got to answer real quick? Whatever pops into your head is usually best. Oh boy! Uh, uh, uh. Based on your answers, I would say, "Oh boy!" Is your oh boy, answer. sure. I'll take that right now. What is your favorite sound or noise? Whoosh. What is your least favorite sound or noise? A screeching sound. I don't want to make it. Thank you. I bet everyone in this room appreciates that. What is your favorite curse word? Fuck. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Some sort of uh, design marketing. And finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Welcome. Nicholas, thank you for spending your valuable time with us. Thank you for having me. Helping us build this archive. And we'll be back shortly with another victim. A guest. Guest. Turn to our TED Active 2010 audio diaries. Uh, we have a new victim, I mean, new interviewee, new guest in the chair. Salome is joining us. What brings you to TED 2010, TED Active 2010? Hi, um, I'm the manager of the TEDx program. Ah, TEDx, which we have heard many very, very enthusiastic things said about in that very chair. How did you come to be in this role? Um, I was um, out of work about a year ago um, after the, re the recession was laid off, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And um, I had a friend who was really good friends with the director of the program, and the project had just been launched. And this friend of mine just kind of said, I saw this job description out there, and it's, it's actually you, the job description. It's describing you as a person. They were kind of looking for someone who spoke a few languages, and I grew up moving around, so... It was just a really good fit, and also in terms of sensibility, it was a great fit for me and Ted. Which languages do you speak? Um, I speak um, German, French, um, Italian, Spanish, Farsi, and English. 
actually the second person in this chair who speaks, who's been a uh, speaker of Farsi. Now that you have, so you've been in the job roughly a year? Yeah, going on a year soon, yeah. And this, is this your first opportunity to gather this many TEDxers together in one place together? Yeah, definitely. That's been the great thing about Tadasa this year, is, is, is being able to get this community together for the first what time. What has that specific experience of this particular crowd been like for you? It's been amazing. It's been really, really amazing to kind of, for me it's been amazing because I've finally gotten to meet the people I work with all the time. And then for them it's been amazing because I think for the first time they've actually felt like a true community. They certainly, uh, we've been impressed repeatedly with their particular energy. Yeah. Uh, it seems to be the happening crowd who are noticeably excited within a community of already very excited and energetic exactly. people. Exactly. And it's, it's, you know, very international and also I hope it's, it's really added to the concept of an energy. Yeah. I, I'm getting it. I am feeling the love, as they say. So... Of the TEDx's that you have either uh, seen material from, or have seen the production stage, early production stages of, anything stand out as particularly exciting or memorable to you so far? Oh, you know, I mean, I think all the events are really great. Um, the truth is, the program is designed as such that there are all kinds of different events. Different events. Not every event is, you know, got a thousand people. Those are great. You know, they have very high production value. But then we have events that are just 25 people in the living room. And those have a different kind of nature. They're maybe more intimate, and that's what's special about them. That it's really fascinates hard to say. me greatly. Yeah. Um, and this is an opportunity to tell people who may listen to this audio archive podcast how they can get in touch with the correct people to find out about putting on their own TEDx, what is involved and how they would do it. Definitely. So um, first step would be to go out to our website where you'll find all the information. It's www.ted.com slash TEDx. And, um, That's just the letter X, not E-X, T-E-D-X. Correct. And um, you'll also find the application there. And what you do is you basically apply to be a licensee, and um, we review your application, and once you have your license, you're good to go. And then you figure out how you're going to organize it and who is going to come. Yeah, and you'll find all the information on the website to kind of like guide you through your vision or help you shape a vision. That's just... That may suck up much time in my life in the not-too-distant future. Because <laughs> we see an oncoming time vampire right now. <laughs> Quick question. Have you seen anything at the TEDx's that you want to kind of plagiarize and maybe implement uh, on the, the real TED stage? Have they got any ideas along those lines? Um, yeah, that's been, that's been really great. Um, we actually had... Um, we've had a couple of speakers at some of the events um, that now... that that Bruno, the, the, the global director, um, went to, um, and he ended up recruiting some of the speakers to Global. So that will be coming up. So there's definitely a kind of synergy happening. It does seem like a, a, a large and moving brainstorming group. Yeah. Because the, the kinds of things that I've seen discussed over there uh, have been fascinating and things that I would not have immediately thought of in my brain next to TED, yeah. which is a silly thing to say because TED can really be anything is what I'm learning is the kinds of things that come after each other on the stage can be wildly diverse. Right, right. Just as long as the person is passionate uh, about their whatever their topic is. Right. So I, I need to perhaps not pigeonhole quite as much There's really great ideas coming out of there. Definitely, and I think that's been the nice thing about having TEDx here at TED Active, just because of the nature of it being TED Active. 
you know, there's a sort of um, uh, a collaborative and, 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 and an active part, participatory, really, part to TEDx. It's been really represented here. A group of doers. Yes. Very much so. So, uh, your turn for the Lipton treatment. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know you witnessed a little bit of it before. And I've even got an extra question that I have been forgetting to ask that you will be the first one to get. Okay. So, Salome, what is your favorite word? Um... In any language, this is true. Maybe engagement. What is your least favorite word? Hatred. What is your favorite sound or noise? Um, classical music. What is your least favorite sound or noise? Those garbage trucks that come over, you know, once a week or twice a week at, at, at my, out in Brooklyn. Yep. Very annoying, 5 a.m. Really, guys? <laughs> Work's got to get done, I guess. <laughs> what... Turns you on, excites you, motivates you. Passion. What is your favorite curse word? Shit. And finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You didn't believe it, but it exists. Salome, thank you very much for taking time out of your day to record this archive. Thanks. And enjoy the remainder of TEDx or TED. Thank you. Active. And we return to our TED Active 2010 audio diaries. We have in the chair our co IT provider volunteer, one of the, the rare breed of uh, TED volunteers. I think there's the three of us. Okay, three here and seven at the Long Beach. Kevin. Thank Hi, you Kevin. very much. Hello. So, what brings you to TED Active? I traveled by Alaska Airlines. Uh, oh, you mean what did I choose to come to TED Active for? You can answer the question however you see fit. Thank you. Um, basically, TED is something that I've always been very passionate about since I first had the chance to do it in 2004. And uh, I find that TED Active is a way of um, capturing the energy that we had and the intimacy that we had in this smaller venue of Monterey, but still maintaining a group of just absolutely incredible people. Now, you have fresh in your mind the memory of a, quote, full-on TED International because about six months ago, you, three months ago, goodness, you participated in doing much the same job, but at TED in India. Yes. How was that experience? It was insane. And I mean that. It was a death march. <laughs> but in a good way. It was a good death march. It was, I, I mean it in every positive way. It was probably one of the biggest challenges. Uh, it was certainly, in terms of my experience in the IT team, was absolutely my biggest challenge that I've had to face. Um, I think it was one of the biggest challenges I've had to face in general in terms of a, uh, I'll use this term loosely, professional career. It's a volunteer. I, uh, but you're doing much the same job here that you have done elsewhere in your life, correct? Uh, no, actually, I, I don't do IT for a living. Ah. Uh, it is a hobby. Um, 51 weeks out of the year, I do business development. But I slept at a Holiday Inn last night. But I play one on TV. 
It was interesting because I, I did this as a hobby and decided to make it my career just so I could do my hobby for a living. Um, you're do, still doing your hobby as a hobby and as a volunteer. That's right. Interesting mind meld there. Now the, I'm assuming TED Active is a much smaller scale than what went on in India. It is. India was probably about 900 attendees. Um, we had... Uh, for reference, we're about 500 here. We're about 500 at TED Active. Um, one of the biggest differences, of course, for us is that at TED Active, we have about um, three or four members of the event staff on site and probably, I'm guessing, maybe, maybe eight members of TED's New York team. Whereas in India, we had their entire New York team and their entire, uh, almost their entire event staff. And it sounds like you needed that kind of force on the ground. Absolutely. It was a very huge, very huge logistical challenge from what I saw going on around me. Um, obviously, I was most exposed to the IT, but certainly interacted with um, the sponsorships team, interacted with the build-out team, interacted with all the amazing teams that, that bring just what is... Uh, it's, I have no doubt that Long Beach is a big challenge. I have no doubt that TED Oxford, TED Global, which takes place in Oxford, is a big challenge. But India was a place that we were all totally out of our element. We had never done it in India before, and a number of people simply had not had the exposure of doing business in India to, to understand what some of the surprises were going to be, and there were many surprises. Um, you mentioned build-out a second ago. Talk about build-out in the table tennis room and the basketball court. That was unusual. So uh, I showed up to the Infosys campus in Mysore about six weeks before TED uh, to basically assess the, the networking needs of, of the site. Um, when I was doing a walkthrough of the campus, I was told that a significant portion of the event would take place on the basketball court and that our workroom would be in a table tennis room. No problem, right? A space except, is a space is a space, you'd think. Of course, except for the minor issue that basketball courts don't have electricity and table tennis rooms don't usually come equipped with networking. How lovely for you. So it was merely a box with no it a, services. It was, it, well, the table tennis room was a box. The basketball court was a plank. It was a, a big plank. Plank. Was it outdoors? It was outdoors. What, what had to happen was the build-out team basically built a huge, um, I wouldn't call it a tent, a, a temporary space. It was a temporary building where they brought in power, they brought in flooring, they obviously brought in furniture. They made it look almost like the ballroom that we sit in uh, to watch TED Active. It was a huge, air huge, huge air conditioning. There were huge air conditioning. And they were in, in India, and we were, we were in uh, uh, India's winter, uh, okay. but it was still hot. So we had big air conditioning units, but um, they brought in the electricity, and, and uh, my job, along with my uh, uh, esteemed co-worker sitting to my right, Ted Hedster, uh, was uh, were, our job was to basically bring in all the networking uh, into these empty spaces um, once they were built out. That was a huge challenge in itself. We ended up laying a total for TED India of two kilometers of uh, Cat6 cable. Um, we ended up having uh, a wireless mesh to power a great portion of the campus that I believe was um, 30 to 40 access points in the mesh. Um, and... Uh, a number of other really strange things that I didn't think we would have to do. Yeah, we do weird jumps to like third floors that we weren't allowed to run cables to, so we ran wireless point to point. It was, uh, it was interesting. Well, that, that's it's funny you bring that up uh, because 
that was one of the requirements we were giving. We weren't just given the requirement of building out the network. We were also given the requirement of keeping Infosys pretty. Um, Infosys has a very nice looking campus. It is amazing. It would blow you away how just amazingly clean, immaculate, and very beautiful it is. It is one of the most successful companies in India by far, um, and, and absolutely secure companies by far. Um, and uh, they, they demonstrate that in, in every detail of how they run their operation, including down to the details of keeping things clean and neat. So as we were laying cables, we were specifically instructed in many cases that we couldn't have cables in certain places. Places where cables needed to go in order to bring the network to places where the network didn't exist. So part of our challenge was figuring out exactly how to get the network to those places. Um, we used wireless bridges in a couple spots, as, uh, as Ted Hester here mentions, that uh, we had to have a wireless bridge up to the third floor above the table tennis room because, again, no network in a sports complex. It's a sports complex, not a networking space. You know, I check my email when I'm playing football. So. <laughs> we are very, very strange. This is why we hang together. Yes. So that sounds like I've, I've gotten off profoundly light. Um, Ted Active is a different challenge. Um, we certainly don't have to lay the network, but um, it, it, one of the great things about it is it's still work. It's definitely still um, hard work, but because of the timing of it, we most of our work is set up, and it leaves us able to really enjoy the conference uh, uh, while things are going on. Because um, mostly the the main things that happened badly in India were network going down and, and issues and so on, and we had to actively maintain that throughout the conference. Whereas here, the network is provided by the by the Riviera uh, Hotel and Conference Center, um, so we don't generally have to worry about that as much here. It's pretty rock solid. I think we had a single outage the entire visit, and for a public property, that's pretty. Pretty good uptime. Oh, it is powered by hamsters. Several hamsters and uh, a bucket of heat. Yes. Makes no sense. I thought the internet was made up of words and enthusiasm. I never heard about hamsters. It's a series no, of tubes. No, no. It's, 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 it's not something you just dump something on. It's not a big truck. It's, it's a series of tubes. Thank you, Senator Stevens. So they've been playing the music to uh, take us into the next session. So we call it Aida. 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 Mm. So. I'm going to now, uh, now granted, uh, Kevin has been forewarned, he's been observing these, but we're still going to go full lifting on them. And we've actually oh, I know nothing. This is all. I, uh, I, I don't know what's coming at all. No prep at all. And the fact I've uh, got the list up this time so I don't skip some of the important questions that I have. So, Kevin, what is your favorite word? Kerfuffle. What is your least favorite word? No. What turns you on, excites you creatively, spiritually, whatever? Laughter. What turns you off? Cynicism. What's your favorite curse word? It's a dead heat between bloody and hell. What sound or noise do you love? Then go back to laughter. What sound or noise do you hate? The sound of a telemarketer on the other end of my phone. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Kind of like yours right now. The broadcasting? Uh, this specific show. I'm going to take it over. Bring it on. There's <laughs> plenty of room on the interwebs for all you know kinds what? of content. You do this way better than I could, so <laughs> maybe, maybe some other time. I am not a professional, but I play one on the internet. What profession would you absolutely not like to participate in? 
IT helper for TED India. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would do that again in a second. Uh, what would I not like to participate in? Dog walker. And finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive? Oh, bloody hell, you're going to take over, aren't you? <laughs> I'm seeing a through line there. Kevin, thank you for taking time. Thank you, you so much for having the audio me. Archive. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And we're going to go for our setting, setting a, setting a single tier final session of Ted Active 2010. Uh, we will likely be proceeding directly on to strike, so I don't think we're going to get set back up. We'll try to do some more of these. Uh, failing that, uh, watch for the archives on versus the world radio, btwproductions.com. We'll be back later, we hope. <laughs>